So as we go to the scripture reading this morning, I, this was one of the first memorization sets of verses that I had um, kind of growing up. And I remember in confirmation, I, I memorized these two verses. And it's 1 John 4, 7, and 8. And if you notice in your bulletins, I almost ask you, if you look in your bulletins, there is one word that is more consistent than any other word this morning. And that word is love. 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 Hear these. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. All right, so now I want to take you back to elementary school. I know. Hard to remember for me that far back, but but I I do remember elementary school. And remember the Valentine's Day projects that we had to do? And I found out this morning um, earlier that they still do these. And uh, Kate Ingalls was sitting right over there where Jason is sitting. And um, But I remember, you know, you had to have a shoebox, right? And then you had to cut the square little hole in the top of the shoebox and then your art project for about two weeks before Valentine's Day was to decorate the shoebox. And, you know, you decorate it with hearts and, and with candies, which you'll see up on here. And with, it's always about red and pink, right, which is really hard for those of us who were male in elementary school because red and pink were not the colors that we loved very much. Dirt brown was probably my favorite color. Sorry, it's just how I am. Um, or something more like this, with this kind of consistency. But, but I remember creating that box. And, that, and then, then the next step was, you know, just before Valentine's Day, and particularly strategically, going to the store and shopping the Valentines. Because you had to get the right kinds, because it was all about competition and comparison. And, and so, Valentine's Day. So, so you bought the little box. Remember the little box of Valentine's? And, and you got, you've already got the list from your teacher about those folks in your classroom. And so you buy the latest movie or the latest cartoon character or, or whatever it was. I have no recollection of the Valentine's that I bought. And then you go home and you take the list and you write, you know, and oh, by the way, there are two spaces on those Valentine's, right? The, and... Thank you very much. So, to Anne from Brad. Unless, I remember picking out Terry Carrington's Valentine very specifically. What's her name? None of your business. (laughs) And I wrote some little note on Terry's. And so, then you go and you have your Valentine's Day party in your classroom and you walk through with your, your Valentine's with your little envelopes and, and you drop them in too because your, the, your box is up there with the rest of them. And then you rush home, right, because it's like Christmas morning. I couldn't wait to open Terry's. Only to read, Brad, you're a butthead. <laughs> Which I think in like fourth grade language means I love you. Okay, so, but the problem was that wasn't the only butthead one that I got. 
I will confess to you, I didn't send any of those. Um, but, you know, it's like break your heart and just... And by the way, I've got to share with you, confession-wise, this is the first time I've ever said butthead in worship. <laughs> but it was so perfect, because that was Valentine's Day. And you look through the list, and oh, by the way, Dorothy and Bud, and any of the other teachers that we have in here, the teachers always got the biggest ones. Do you remember that? And, and you knew that you had to write a note, because you wanted the A. So you write the note, say, Mrs. Bennett... You're my favorite teacher of all time. I can't imagine anyone better than you. Happy Valentine's Day. And then came the debate. Love, Brad? So I just write, like, thank you. From Brad. So you remember those days? Of course, you're high school. It's a little different there. But... Um, but, but now they've modernized it. I know at, at Newport High School, it was all about valograms. And so Cora was on the crew of about, I don't know, 20 kids. And people would pay to have you go and sing for them in their classes. And I can't imagine, you know, how disruptive <laughs> valograms would have been. But they, all the valogram kids would dress up in these frilly little valogram things and they'd go sing to each other. Valentine's Day was all about giving and receiving. So I hear you asking, so pastor, what in the world does any of that have to do with Lent? Well, I got to tell you, everything. Because what we choose to do in Lent is to create ourselves into that receptacle for God's Valentine's to us. That we have to intentionally spend time, create the space. And oh, by the way, guess what Ash Wednesday was? Ash Wednesday was an intentional time of creating that space, of opening our the box, if you will, up so that it would be ready to receive the Valentines from God. And during the service, what we did is, is we took the palms from last Palm Sunday a year ago, and, uh, and then I asked the congregation to write out those things that they feel are separating themselves from God. And they did, and they brought them up, and they put them in the bowl, and I took the bowl, and it was, it was an amazingly patient time of the congregation on Wednesday night because, as Eric just tried to do, to light the candle lighter, I think there were 50 clicks, right, Linda? 50 clicks trying to get that lighter going, only to drop that one, run in through the side door, come to the back, open the box, find the other lighter, go out, and then there were another 20 clicks before I got it going. Uh, and what I said, and I will say this to all of you, somebody had something that God didn't want. <laughs> no, just kidding. But then they burn up, and out of that, out of that, the palms and those pieces of paper that people have, have listed things on, you then come back and, and I say, look, do you see what you wrote? Can you any longer see what it is that was separating you from God? God is calling <laughs> right now, saying, oh, I forgot, you forgot this one. But can you see at all anything that anybody wrote there? 
The whole point of that, friends, is then you let go of it. But that's the rub, isn't it? That's where we struggle most, is we can admit those things and try and give them up. But when it comes to giving them up, we struggle. But I want to say again, this is that time where you first empty yourself so that you then can receive the valentines of God and move through that time and this time to go deeper into that time. So I want to walk through some things with you just very briefly this morning. And if I remind you that last week what I did was I, I walked through seven statements asking you to fill in the blank. I want to do that again this morning, but I want to shift it a little bit. These are the same themes, but with these questions. And my hope had been to have this as a handout, but it, it was one of those really challenging weeks of pastoral care. And, and so I didn't get the handout. It will be on the blog on Thursday, on my blog, on the electronic newsletter. And if you want a copy, I can make hard copies for folks for next week. What I'm trying to do is give you some additional things beyond the lint in a bag to work on, especially on this Valentine's Day. Listen to these ideas. As you find somewhere to sit quietly, in your house or outside, and I'm challenging you to go through this list of things. Number one, God, I thank you. You are for me and then fill in that blank. God, you are incredible. You are for me the power that created the universe. Unexplainable, almost overwhelming. And yet you seek me out. And the second part of each one of these is now, God, I need you to be. God, I need you to be. And fill in that blank. You are for me, and I thank you for that, but now I need you to be. Next on the list. Jesus, my Christ, you are for me. You are for me the way, the truth, and the light. You are for me that guiding force that helps me understand what I am to be in the world. You are for me that which turned my life in a completely different direction. You are for me, and you fill in that blank. And now, I need you to be. I need you to be that next piece. Help me to see those additional places. Whatever it may be for you, I know what it is for me. Holy Spirit, You are for me. You are for me that, that presence of God, that guiding Spirit, that, that overwhelmingly powerful entity that came even in Pentecost and again transformed, not only transformed my life, but continues to be transformational in me. You are for me that piece of me that is my conscience my guide, my direct. You are for me. And now, I need you to be this in my life. And whatever that may be. 
Number four, I now believe that I can find the eternal by what? I now believe that I can find the eternal. I have access to the eternal because of the time that I spend in prayer. Because of the relationships I see with others. I sense the eternal as I look outside and I feel the rain or I see Mount Rainier. But I sense the eternal and I can find the eternal by this. I know that the church is here for me because... And I especially think about this last week and particularly these last two weeks of how the church and and, and the conversations I had with Betsy as Craig had made this turn and and then really took kind of a nosedive physically and then began to come back and then just entered into a time that just led immediately to his death. And do you know what she said? The same thing that Craig had said over the past, I don't know, eight years since he went through his cancer treatment. He said, this church has saved my life. And now Betsy's saying, I feel the presence of this church as I go through this time. I wish I could be there on Sunday. Don't we all wish that she could be here this morning? But she will come back and we'll be able to surround her. That's the church friends. I know that the church is for me. But now I need the church to be this for me. And the leaders of the church are there for me because and what do you see in the leadership in the church right now? What do you need from the leadership in the church right now? And as you see then the final piece is because of the combination of all of these things, therefore, I am this. Therefore, I am this. If I could have that be your Lenten study, I would. And what I would ask of you is that you do that every day throughout the 40 days of Lent. But there's one more piece. There's one more piece. And that one more piece is as you look around this sanctuary this morning, as you think about others in your lives and those that have surrounded you, whether at Aldersgate or in other places, this Valentine's Day as the first Sunday in Lent also motivates us to go to say thank you to those who have influenced our lives, those who have helped us go deeper, whether it was in faith or in relationships, those who we may have partnered with or or may be married to or or may be friends with or it may be co-workers. Whatever it is, this is a time to say thank you as well. And the more often we do that, something happens in our souls that allows our soul to grow. And I... I kept thinking, this is how I think, and I know it's terrifying. The Grinch stole Christmas. 
And at the end of that story, Dr. Seuss says, and his heart grew tenfold. These kinds of things, the way that we take these things on allows our soul to grow tenfold. It's Valentine's Day. It is Lent. And so, again, over these next 40 days, whatever you choose to do, and if chocolate's going to open it up for you, all okay. But the purpose is to become that Valentine's Day receptacle that allows God to fill us with the kinds of Valentines that don't include your butthead. But opening ourselves up to those lovely, beautiful, wonderful, powerful pieces that are God in our lives. And as we move to prayer time in just a minute, I just want you to think about how those prayers and how those responses to those in need and those who are celebrating even become Valentines for them. But before we get there, will you pray with me? God, what we try and do throughout this time, particularly beginning this Sunday, is to open up opportunities for all of us to take in the power that is you, the love, the grace that is you. And we're reminded of the writings of Paul that love is patient and kind, not jealous or boastful or rude. That love is transformational as it is shared. And whether it is shared with those closest to us, we also know that love must be shared beyond our doors. And help us in this season to be empowered by the time we spend with you to go and be the Valentines for those beyond us. All this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.